The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, everyone. I'm Sierra. And I'm Ashley. And this is your Weekly Weekly Dose of Wicked. Hello. How's it going? What do y'all got going on in your lives? We've got nothing, nothing going on. Not much, not much at all. Super boring. Nothing going on for the weekly dose of wicked either. You know, we haven't checked our PO box in a while, though. We should do that. Yeah, you should do that. That would involve me going to the post office, though. So I don't know if I want to do that or not. Um, anyway. Nothing going on, really, for us in our lives. Uh, my computer's still broken. I don't know if any of you care about that. to do. But, um, yeah, still living this life of using my husband's computer that's not very great. Um, having a really hard time transitioning. Hopefully, maybe I can get my computer fixed. I care. I would love for you to get your computer fixed. I know you care. It's a big problem. It's a really big issue. Windows and Mac don't like to communicate. So I've been having a lot of troubles trying to use Jacob's computer and Ashley using her MacBook. So it's resulted in hours of frustration. I offered to switch to PC. Yeah, I just don't know that it would really help because the issue really is just that like Jacob's computer is not a great computer. It's a cheap one. He doesn't really use a computer as often. I don't know that he's ever used it, to be honest. One time I came home and he was like laying in bed using it. That's the only time I've ever seen him use it. Yeah, I've never seen him use it. He's not much of a computer user like me. I literally use my computer every single day. So not having my computer has been a real issue. I watch TV on it, do my homework on it. I do podcasting stuff on it. Like it's been a really big issue to not have my computer. But it's fine. I'm going to get it fixed. Hopefully, like maybe this week or next week. I tried to call him last week and schedule it, but my friend was not there that I needed. So, Well, you'll figure it out. I think it's day off is Thursday. But anyway, back to what you came for, your weekly dose of Wicked. Um, this is our 50th episode. It's our 50th? 50th, yeah. I did not know that. You got a good one for us? Pretty baller, shot collar. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good one. 50-inch rims on the Impala. Yeah, there you go. So anyway, uh, do the things for us. You know what? 50th episode, let's celebrate. Go to our Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked. You can join that. Join it up. Give us rating and reviews. Yeah. Ratings and reviews on Apple podcast. Uh, You can also head on over to Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. You can give us likes and follows and whatnot. We have one follower on Twitter other than ourselves. Is it? Oh, I was going to say, is it me? No, other than ourselves. So we have three, I think. Me, you, and one other person. So thank you. Sweet. All right. Well, without further ado, I have a beautiful, it's not beautiful. I have a horrendous case prepared for you. I don't know why I said beautiful. Mm, Hopefully it doesn't give me nightmares. It's not going to give you nightmares. It's not like scary. It's just like disgusting. Okay. Because it's murder. I don't know. I think I've been having a little too much murder lately. I've been having a lot of bad dreams. I know you have. Um, you know what it was, though? It was that case you did last week. That's what you keep saying, but I don't know. It was that case that you did last week because it gave me nightmares, too. Yeah. What was the case again? Martha Moxley. Oh, it was the girl. Yeah, Martha Moxley. No, it gave me bad dreams, too. So I 100% think that that's what it was. Okay. Um, because you said that, like, you woke up feeling like someone was there to murder you, like you were very paranoid, and then I... The night I edited it, like that next night or that next morning or whatever, I like woke up in like cold sweats or I was like super paranoid that someone was trying to kill me. Yeah. All right. So without further ado, let's hop into this 50th case because it is awesome. Woohoo. If I do say so myself. If I do say so myself. Awesome in a bad way, though. Like awesome, like 
disgusting. Yeah, that's ex- my definition okay. of awesome, too. Yeah, no, I'm saying, like, a different awesome. Not, like, an awesome, like, yahoo, but, like, an awesome, like, eh. Not funny haha, but funny weird. Right, there you go, see? All right, so, today I'm going to tell you about uh, the murder of Bobby Sexton. Okay. You ready for this? I'm ready. Are you ready for it? Baby, let the games begin. Let the games begin. Um, I don't think anyone probably stuck around last week for our episode when I complained about not having Taylor Swift tickets, but it's just getting harder and harder and harder as the time goes on because like people just keep posting about their awesome experience at Taylor Swift, and I know that I'm not going to get to experience it. Yeah, I know. It makes me really sad. Yeah, me as well. Did you see the TikTok about the pilot? No. It was like a pilot, like a airline pilot. And he was, like, mm-hmm. on a plane, and he was, like, pretty much my whole, uh, whatever, passengers are all going to the Taylor Swift concert. And it was, like, the whole plane singing all too well. And the pilot, like, jamming out together. Um, okay, so I didn't see it, but I, I'm interested to see if it is the one that I saw that was also a plane of people apparently singing all too well, but the sound was actually not of the plane. The sound was actually from when All Too Well, the 10-minute version released. There was, like, a bar in, like, New York City or somewhere where everyone watched the opening together or, like, the short film together, and they all sang it together. So I'm wondering if it's the same video and that person was a big liar, and I told them they were a big liar on their video. Oh, okay. Well, maybe. Because the plane was not actually singing it. As epic as that would be, the one I saw, the plane was not singing that. Okay, well, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, it makes me salty. Okay, it doesn't matter. That literally had nothing to do with this murder. No, we're just sad about our Taylor Swift. I'm just salty. Super salty about the monopoly that is Ticketmaster. Yeah, screw them. And the fact that they completely botched the entire release of the tickets anyway it doesn't matter all right so anyway moving on the murder of bobby sexton so i discovered a new show okay it is called swamp murders okay what is that on it's on id of course oh of course in the description of this if the in the description of the show like when you look up swamp murders it says um murder with a side of biscuits and gravy which i think is weird yeah yeah, but apparently it's essentially just like southern murders um, that have to deal with swamps. Do they not have swamps anywhere but the south? I don't think so. Are the swamps not a southern thing? I don't know. I think they are. Hmm, okay. I don't know. I'm a bad southerner, apparently. Um, I mean, I think that as far as I know, like swamps are a southern thing. There's not swamps in like New York. I mean, swamps are okay, like but that was Louisiana. One state. Okay, but I'm just saying, though. You gave an example of one state. Swamps aren't in New York, so they're a southern thing. <laughs> no, okay. Just shut the fuck up. Okay, Don't where tell me that. That was rude. Located? I just feel like sometimes you're a little hard on me. Well, because sometimes you're just a little silly. <laughs> that was your nice way of saying stupid. That's, that's not what I said. I said silly. It doesn't matter. Okay, swamps, southern, got it. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they're in the north. If there's swamps in the north, let me know. But I mean... I would say more often than not, they're in the South. Think Florida, uh, Texas, Louisiana, those kinds of states are Southern states. Okay. I think that those are more swampland, but whatever. I don't know. They could be in the North, I guess. I don't know. Okay. It doesn't matter. These these murders all take place in Southern swamps. Okay. okay. I understand. I'm on board. All right. So anyway, the, the day is February 21st, 1998. Okay. So Patricia Sexton calls the Cherokee County Sheriff's Department to report her husband, Bobby Sexton, missing. Patricia was 22 at the time, and she claimed that her husband, Bobby, who was 38, had left the night before and never returned home. Okay. No response. Okay. I said okay. I know. I was just expecting. I was just seeing if you were going to have any more response than that. About the age difference? Yeah. In my head, I was like, that's gross. But you know what? They're adults, so I'm not going to pass judgment. Okay. I can appreciate that. I was just wanted to see if you had any any uh, input on the age gap of 16 years. I mean, me personally, I think that's kind of weird. Especially since she's only 22. You know, it's kind of right young. When did they start dating? Was she 17? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see when they started dating. 
Okay, well, but you would be fine with it if, okay, see, the, I guess this is my thing because she's 22 and 38. Uh, we've talked a lot about age gaps in the past, and this is really just us being judgmental, honestly. Yeah. Um, which I have no problem admitting. But, like, I do have an issue with the age gap because of her age being 22. Now, if she were 40 and he was 56, I would have no issue with that. Yeah. I would have absolutely no problem with that age gap if she were a full-grown adult, but I just feel like 22 is such a baby. But anyway, I okay. mean, I feel like 22 is an adult. It's not a real adult, but it's an adult. Now, if they met when she was 18 and he was whatever 16 years older is than that, still kind of ick, but like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, if he, she was 17 and he was however old, that's not okay. Okay. We'll just continue from here. Okay. So, I'm not exactly sure where the Cherokee County Sheriff's Department is located, but it did mention Rusk, Texas, as well as Jacksonville, Texas. And the two towns are only about 15 minutes away from each other, so it's somewhere in that vicinity. Um, So, the Cherokee County Sheriff's Department advises Patricia to wait and call back once it had been 24 hours, because at this point it had not. So Uh, annoying. And the reasoning for that is... Well, the reasoning for that is because there is no evidence of foul play. And he's a 38-year-old man. I mean, like, at this point, I'm thinking she hasn't seen him since, like, 11 p.m. the night before. And she said that she they they said that she called in the morning. So even if she called at, like, 11 a.m., it's only been 12 hours. Right. But still, I mean, you know, trust your gut. I mean, I agree. I agree. But, yeah. So she says, okay, cool. They say there's no evidence of foul play. Call back after it's been 24 hours. So Patricia waits it out. She calls again the next day and she tells them that Bobby still has not come home. Um, but she also tells them that her mother's boyfriend, Al Clark, has found Bobby's SUV abandoned on a dirt road. Interesting. So now it has been 24 hours and they've also found his abandoned vehicle. Okay. So Al Clark claims that the keys were in it. So he just went ahead and drove it back home. Oh, okay. That I don't think was a good idea, but whatever. I would agree with that. But Patricia is frantic. Uh, she knew immediately that something was wrong because there's blood in the back of the suburban. Oh. So on Monday morning, the Cherokee County Sheriff's Department sends out Detective Mike Daniel to investigate Bobby's missing persons case. Uh, I just want to go ahead and clarify there. Patricia called on February 21st, 1998, which was a Saturday claiming that her husband left on Friday and never returned. They did not start investigating this at all until Monday. So he has not been seen since Friday, and they did not start their investigation until Monday. That's a little long for me. I would agree. Okay. Just want to just want to clarify that in case you didn't catch that. Got it. But they don't think it's any big deal on this show. Um, Detective Mike Daniel heads to Patricia and Bobby Sexton's home. They live in a trailer on the property of Patricia's grandparents, Buddy and Dorothy Bingham. So when they arrive, the, when the sheriff's department arrives, they find Patricia as well as her grandparents waiting for them at Bobby's Suburban. Uh, immediately, they notice that there is blood in the back of Bobby's Suburban, as Patricia said, you know, the day before when they didn't come and investigate. Um, and it's actually like pooled in the fender wells. So there's like three to four inches of pooled blood. Oh, that's a lot of blood. Of this SUV. That's what they say as well. They're like, oh, well, let's take some samples of this because this is a lot of blood. But they also know that Bobby likes to hunt. So he would just have blood hanging out in his car? So, so even though he's been missing for like three days and they found his car abandoned, they think that this might just be animal blood. It might not be human blood. Oh, Okay. So they're going to test it, and they're just going to see if it comes back as human or not. No. Okay. So while they're checking out the SUV, they also notice that the carpet has been cut out of the back of the car. The spare tire is missing, as well as the uh, tire iron and the jack. So they're like, huh, well, maybe he, like, was driving and he got a flat tire, and when he was changing it, someone came up behind him and attacked him. That would make sense, right? I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah. So um, police asked Patricia about the last time that she saw her husband. And she says that Friday night at around 11 p.m., he had to run out to the shop that he worked at. Um, So essentially how it was is Patricia and Bobby lived on her grandparents' property. 
Her grandparents' property also had a like salvage yard where they took in like scrap vehicles, and there was a shop there where they like worked on these scrap vehicles. So Bobby actually worked at that shop, okay, on the property. So essentially, she says that on Friday night around 11 p.m., one of his coworkers, Willie Wright, called and told Bobby that he had left on some lights and an air compressor, and he needed Bobby to come out and shut him off for him. So I think the way that that works is that Bobby had a key and Willie did not. That's the only thing that really makes sense to me. Otherwise, Willie could have just went in and shut it off himself. What I'm thinking is he locked up and then realized that he left it on. So he needed Bobby to come out and shut it off for him. Yeah, that makes sense. So she says that um, Bobby, you know, went out and uh, again, it's on the same property. So he just like walked over there to shut the lights off. And she stayed home with the kids because they had children and it was 11 o'clock at night. Uh, And she says that she must have fallen asleep while she was waiting on him to get back because she woke up in the morning and he wasn't there. I mean, that's believable. Yeah. So police then talked to Patricia's grandparents, um, which were Buddy and Dorothy Bingham. And they said that Dorothy was the kind of lady that just knew everything going on about everyone. So I kind of think that was just their way, their nice way of saying that she was nosy. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. But essentially, they said she was like a little old lady and she pretty much knew everything going on everywhere. So they felt confident that she would be able to assist them in figuring out what had went down. Uh, Dorothy and Buddy Bingham said that they actually were in Louisiana. And so they hadn't seen Bobby since Friday afternoon. It seems like they went to Louisiana for the weekend. So they had like left Friday afternoon and they hadn't come back until Sunday. So they weren't really much help. Okay. Now, Buddy says that he thinks Bobby just took off. Uh, Because he had actually done that three months earlier. So apparently Bobby had taken the kids and stayed with his parents for a little while. And Dorothy wasn't sure why. uh, But she did say that the couple had been having some marital issues. So just to backtrack here at this point. uh, Patricia and Bobby met in 1991 at a dirt track where uh, Patricia was racing a truck. Her grandfather had like built her like a dirt truck to race. And so she was actually racing that at this dirt track. Okay. Uh, So if you do the math on that, it was seven years ago. So she was 15. So based off of that math, depending on the month of the year, she would have been 15 or 16 years old. And um, Bobby would have been like 32. So that was some um, pedophilia and grooming. I would say possibly some grooming. Um, Now, I don't know. I don't know Texas's laws on that. Um, I know North Carolina, that would be considered statutory rape. I don't know. What Texas? I don't know where Texas is on that, but in North Carolina, essentially, if you're in between the ages of 16 and 18, and there's more than a three-year age gap, then that's statutory rape. Nonetheless, um, it doesn't really seem that anyone cared that there was that big of an age gap. Uh, the two began dating, and pretty quickly, Patricia was pregnant with her first daughter. When she was 15. I think by this point she was 16. So in the show that I watched, it said that she was 16. So that's what I'm saying. I think that depending on the time of year that this was, she would have been either 15 or 16 when they met. Um, But yes, she would be 16 when she got pregnant and he would have been 32. Okay. I recant my statement. Their age gap is gross. Yeah. Okay. I thought that you would feel that way, but I didn't want to give it away that soon. I mean, you could have just told me since we were talking about it at the beginning, but. I know, but I wanted to give a little anticipation. Yeah. So anyway, um, pretty quickly, like I said, Patricia gets pregnant with their first child. It's a girl. They have a daughter. Uh, the two end up getting married, and they do have a second daughter. Uh, Bobby worked as a mechanic. He also did roofing for extra money to support his family. Uh, unfortunately, though, he ended up getting injured, and he broke his back, which resulted in him needing five back surgeries. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, so he ended up having to go on disability, and then Patricia gets pregnant a third time. And this time they're really hoping for a boy since they already have two daughters at this point. Unfortunately, though, Patricia is actually instructed by her doctor to terminate the third pregnancy. Okay, why? Uh, She is diagnosed with uterine cancer. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. So against her doctor's advice, though, Patricia actually does carry the baby to term. And the couple is once again blessed with a baby girl. So now they have three daughters. Um, This does mean, though, for Patricia, that while she is carrying this pregnancy to term, um, the cancer actually did spread, and she has to undergo a full hysterectomy. So no more children. Yeah. So based on the timeline, 
She would have been 19 to 20 years old at this time. Wow, that's young. I cannot fathom, first of all, having three kids by the age of 20. No, that sounds awful. That's insane. And then can you imagine being 20 years old and having to get a full hysterectomy? Yeah, no, that would be not fun at all. No. So um, after this ordeal, Patricia does go into a pretty deep depression. Um, I can't blame her there. No. And essentially she does everything she can to like avoid being home. She like takes up odd jobs. She hangs out at the racetrack. Pretty much whatever she can do to just be out of the house. And this obviously causes friction between her and Bobby. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah. It's not long before Bobby suspects that Patricia's having an affair. And this friction continues, like, for another year before Bobby finally has enough and packs up his three daughters in November of 1997 and leaves with them. So this would have been, like, three months before he disappears. Um, The two do end up reconciling, though, and things seem to be getting better between Patricia and Bobby. He moves back home, and they seem to be happy. Uh, Patricia is really close to her grandparents. They actually ended up raising her for most of her life because Patricia's father was in prison for murder and her mother was in and out of jail. Her mother was heavily involved in drugs and prostitution. Currently, though, Linda Gale, which is Patricia's mother, was in her life uh, because you remember her boyfriend, Al Clark, is the one who found Bobby's SUV. Right. So police go and they talk to Al and Linda after they've talked to, at this point, they've talked to Patricia, they've talked to Dorothy, they've talked to Buddy. So now they're going to go talk to Linda and Gail. Okay. Uh, It's not very long before these two are a suspect in this murder. Uh, More specifically, Al, but Linda is also a bit of a suspect. For starters, Al claims that he just happened upon Bobby's SUV, but the police say that there's no way that he could have just found it. It was not visible from the road, and it was kind of like on a dead-end dirt side road. So there's just really no way that he could have seen it and just, like, come across it. He just happened to be Um, in the area. Yeah, that's what he said. He said he just happened to come across it. So they're already suspicious of that. Linda doesn't help matters when she tells the police that she can't stand Bobby. And she resents him for taking the girls and moving in with his parents. Um, She essentially makes it seem like everything is about her. She's like your stereotypical narcissist. She says, you know, like, how dare he take her grandchildren away from her? Screw Patricia, the mother, but like, how dare he take the grandkids away from her? Right. Um, Another thing is that Bobby's still getting disability for his back injury. So there's a potential payout if he were to, you know, die. I think they said, like, $170,000. See, I mean, that's a lot of money, but, like, is it really worth it? It's not that much money. I don't know. I don't ever think it's worth it, but these people all seem to think it is, so. Hmm. I mean, is it ever worth it? No. But, like, I could see, like, a million dollars. I just don't know. I don't ever see – I don't ever feel like there's ever enough money that it's worth it, but these people all always seem to think they do. Also, though, this was 1998. Adjusted for inflation. I don't know. You're the I didn't queen do that, of that. So let me do it real quick. Uh, I mean, it'd be $330,000 now. So, I mean, still not worth it, but over a quarter of a million dollars. I mean, I guess that makes it a little better. That inflation always does. Anyway, it really doesn't matter. Um, they've got these two as suspects. So, from there, they're going to go ahead and move on with their investigation. Uh, police decide the next person they need to track down is Willie Wright, which is Bobby's co-worker who had called him the night of his disappearance to have him turn those lights off at the shop. It would appear that, like, he would be the last person to actually have seen him alive. So, Willie was an alcoholic. He drank beer and whiskey all day, every day, to the point where he had been known to just pass out in the middle of the road. So, he obviously is not the most reliable. But his recollection is that he left the shop and realized that he'd left the lights and compressor on. But he had said he had to have Bobby come back out to turn them off, which to me means, again, that he didn't have keys. He had locked himself out and that Bobby had the keys. So he says that Bobby came out, shut off the lights and the compressor, and that the two men then went their separate separate ways. So Willie also lives on the Bingham's property. Uh, So Willie says that he saw Bobby walking towards his house and that he made it to his front door. He went inside, and that was the last he had seen of him. But there's not a lot of space in between the shop and Bobby's house where something could happen to him. Right. And uh, his car was not there. Right. But he also has no, he said he didn't see Bobby leaving his car. Right. 
which he would have seen. So the thing is, though, is that Willie doesn't really seem like the kind of guy who could harm Bobby if he wanted to. This kind of goes off of like that case you had with the guy. They said he was too fat to murder someone. It's not that he's too like too large, but it's just like he's not a healthy guy. Like he's a drunk. He's out of shape. And they're like, Bobby is a pretty fit guy. He very easily could have like outwalked Willie. <laughs> the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. So they're like, you know, I mean, we're gonna we're not gonna eliminate Willie as a suspect, but like we're not gonna heavily um like lean on him because it just doesn't really seem like he's good for the crime. I mean, it's kind of weird that he didn't see him leave in his car and he left in his car. He could be involved some way, but if he is, he definitely didn't do it alone. Right. Makes sense. So about this time, they get back the blood test results, and the lab does confirm that the blood in Bobby's SUV is, in fact, human blood. Oh, it was shocker. I know, right? Uh, the thing is, though, is that at this time, DNA is not as, as as advanced as it is now. So while they can tell that it's human blood, they're not able to confirm whether or not it's Bobby's blood. Well, who else's blood would it be? I don't know, but I mean, they can't confirm it. They just know that it's human blood. Uh, but nonetheless, Patricia is not losing hope. She is spending her time looking for Bobby. She's putting up missing posters, missing person posters all over Cherokee County. And she's playing the part of the grieving wife very well. So, I mean, it doesn't really seem like she's involved at all. Like she really, it seems like she really does want to find Bobby. So police end up questioning. There's a third coworker. His name is Michael Fielding. So the police end up questioning Michael Fielding. And Michael is 29. He's a friend of Bobby and Patricia's from the track uh, where they all like to hang out. And Michael agrees that he'll go into the station for questioning um, and they set up a date and time, whatever. But the night before he goes in, there's a 911 call that is made by Michael's mother. Okay. So she claims that she asked him about Bobby's disappearance and he became very agitated and angry. And she also claims that she had found multiple tranquilizers in like his stuff. So it seems to me like maybe she thinks her son is involved and she's trying to give the police, you know, a tip that she thinks her son may have had something to do with Bobby's disappearance. Seems possible. Yeah. So the next morning, Michael shows up at the station and the detectives ask him about the 911 call. And he says that he was angry the night before, but it wasn't over Bobby. Um, they ask him his recollection of Friday night that Bobby would have disappeared. And he says, I mean, essentially, he has the same story as Willie. He says that uh, like that day, Patricia had brought them pizza like that afternoon while they were all working. He said that Bobby was the first one to leave. Um, and then that Michael and Willie were leaving and that Willie locked the door, leaving the compressor and the lights on. So Willie went and got Bobby to come shut them off. Um, Michael doesn't have any memory of like Bobby going anywhere after that, though. It's kind of weird, though, because Willie didn't mention that Michael was there. Hmm. So. Yeah, that is weird. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, at this time, though, they don't have any evidence against Michael. Um, but he does at this point join their list of suspects. Okay. So, so the police comb the area where Bobby's truck would have been parked uh, on the Friday night that he disappeared, and they don't really come up with anything. Uh, they search the area where Bobby's suburban was found by Al, and they actually do find some leaves out there that have drops of blood on them. So while it's not much, it is something. And then the case goes cold. It's really all they have. There's no body um, other than a bunch of blood that they can't even DNA match to anyone. They don't really have anything. Well, that sucks. Yeah, that is until nearly a month after uh, Bobby's disappearance, they do get a break in the case. They receive a phone call from a local teacher whose son claims that he had received a call on the night of Bobby's disappearance from Michael Fielding. He says that Michael told him he'd run out of gas and that he needed a gas can. Uh, Timothy Yuri said Michael Fielding came, picked up a can of gas, and when he came to pick it up, that he was driving Bobby Sexton's SUV. And he said that there was another man who was probably in his 50s who appeared drunk, but it wasn't Bobby. 
So they set up a photo lineup, and Timothy picked Willie Wright right out of the lineup, like, immediately. Um, so this is a really good lead. Yeah. And after a little hunting, they do find Willie Wright. And per character, he is drunk out of his mind. Um, so they take him in. And they try to question him, but they can't really get anything out of him because he's drunk. So they have to wait for him to sober up, which they do. And they question him again. And he really doesn't want to give him much. He keeps telling him he doesn't know anything. But finally, after a little bit of pressure, he does finally snap. And he says he didn't kill Bobby, but he knows who did. Interesting. So, yeah. So he claims that Michael had asked him to get him a shotgun. And so he did. And he also claims that the night of Bobby's murder... Uh, Michael asked Willie to get Bobby to come out to the shop. And so Willie did, as he was instructed. And he says, Bobby came out, shut the lights off, whatever. And on his way back to his trailer, Michael shot Bobby with the shotgun he had gotten for him. Convenient how now he remembers that. But before he didn't. Yes, it is. It is convenient. Um, he says that uh, Michael then shot Bobby. He went in his trailer. Willie went in his trailer, minding his own business. And that uh, Michael then came and got him and told him he needed him to come help him move the body. Um, and Willie told him no. And he said, if you don't help me, I'll kill you. So Willie came out. Um, he said that Bobby was on the ground and that Michael had put, like, a rusty old car hood over top of him to, like, hide him, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it was 11 o'clock at night. The only people there were uh, Willie, Patricia, and Michael. Because, you know, Dorothy and Buddy were in Louisiana. So. I guess in case Patricia came out? I mean, I guess so, but you'd think Patricia would have heard the gunshot. You would think. Since it's all in the same property. You would think so. I mean, do what? Said right since it's all in the same property. And you would think even if she had fallen asleep. I don't know. Maybe she's a heavy sleeper. I'm not sure. I mean, I regularly get woken up at my house from gunshots, so... When I lived in the ghetto, I also did. Yeah, gunshots regularly wake me up. So you would think they would wake her up, but, I mean, whatever. Anyway, he hid the body under this rusty car hood. Um, so they're like, okay, Willie, well, we don't really have enough at this point to arrest Michael because it's kind of just like a he said, he said thing. So we need you to tell us where the body is. You know, like, what'd you guys do with the body? And he tells them that he dumped, they dumped the body in a swamp. Hmm. Hence the name of the show. Yes, the swamp. Swamp murders. I was going to say swamp people, but that was wrong. No, it's swamp murders. So they, he says they dumped the body in a swamp. Uh, now, the problem is, what swamp? Because there's a lot of swamp. So he says, essentially, they drove the car. They're going to dump Bobby's body. And they get to the swamp. They throw his body over. His body floats. And they're like, oh, no, what do we do? So that's why they cut the carpet out of the back of the SUV. They threw that on top of him. It was still floating. So then they threw the tire iron. It was still floating. So then they threw the jack. It was still floating. So then they threw the spare tire. His body was still floating. So at that point, they were just like, ah, whatever. And they left. So they just left him there floating. Yeah, apparently, and it's just very weird to me that this was then an unsolved case for a month. Nobody saw this body, but whatever, I don't know. Right. So apparently it was just floating, floating in the swamp. But anyway, whatever, they're like, you gotta find the body, you gotta show us where it is. So, Willie essentially takes them on, like, a wild goose chase. They drive him all over Cherokee County, and they said that they had to have checked, like, 200 bridges. I'm sorry, 200 bridges? Yeah, they said they had to have checked like 200 bridges. They said they threw them off a he said they threw them off a okay. bridge. So they went and checked all the bridges in the county. So they they said they had to have checked at least 200 bridges. I missed the part about a bridge. I don't I don't know how, but okay. I don't know that I said that. I don't know that I said that they okay. threw them off a bridge, but they said that they checked 200 bridges because they threw them off a bridge. Okay. I'm on board now. So, finally they come to a bridge, and Willie's like, this is it. This is definitely it, 100%. Like, they had, like, this reenactment, you know, and it was this, like, old man, this, like, old drunk man in a jumpsuit. And he's like, nope, this isn't the bridge. Nope, not this one. Nope, nope. Like, they just kept, like, reenacting it. And then finally they get there, and he's like, this is the bridge. I'm certain of it. And so they, you know, start, you know, uh, like, scouting out the water. And they said pretty quickly they actually saw the carpet with the spare tire and the tire iron. So they were like, no, we're 100% right. This is it. Like, this is where his body is. It was just, like, on the shoreline. And no one saw it. Of the swamp. So, funny you should say that. So, 
They bring out more patrol, you know, obviously, to try and get this body. They actually do end up finding the body. They recover the body. And the body actually has like 11 or 12 9-millimeter wounds to the body. And this is weird because Willie had said that he gave Michael a shotgun and that Michael shot him once with the shotgun. Right. Not nine So now they get the body. No, 11 to 12 times with a 9-millimeter. I heard nine. Okay. Whatever. Either way, not one. 11 to 12 9-millimeter wounds are on this body. Oh, that's where I hit the nine from. 9-millimeter. Yeah. So they're like, this is weird. Uh, Clearly, Willie's a liar. Right. Um, But then the autopsy actually does reveal that the cause of death was a single shotgun wound to the chest. So then where did all the other shots come from? I was betting that you were going to wonder where the other shotgun or where the other shots came from. You're so smart. So apparently some people that owned the land had seen the body floating out there. And they thought that it was a wild pig that had fallen in and was was drowning or had drowned. So they shot it 11 to 12 times with a 9mm to try and get it to sink. What? That is what they told the police, that they had actually inflicted those wounds on the body because they thought it was a pig. How close were they? How do you mistake a human for a pig? I'm unsure, Ashley. I don't know. Hmm. That seems kind of fishy to me. Fully clothed. He was he was fully clothed right. when they found the body. Seems a little fishy. I I don't know, but that is what they said, and the police seem completely fine with that. With that story. Hmm. I don't I'm not completely fine with that, but whatever. <laughs> I am also not completely fine with that, but the police are fine with it, so I mean they're the professionals. We're just podcasters. That's true. So anyway, moving right along from that. Um, So with this information, they are able to actually arrest Michael Fielding. They now have a body. Willie's given them, you know, essentially the full story. I mean, so um, Michael refuses to talk, though, for quite a few days. He's in custody for quite a few days. He refuses to talk. Uh, And then finally, he's like, all right, I'm ready to talk, but I want a deal. And they're like, what kind of deal do you want, dude? Like, what kind of deal do you want? Like, Willie's already squealed on you. There's really nothing else for us to give. And he's like, no, there's more to it. I want a deal. So they're like, okay, you know, what do you got for us? So Michael tells them that he never wanted to kill Bobby. It was Patricia and Dorothy's idea. Okay. So Dorothy's the grandmother, in case you forget. Yes, I remember. So he says that Dorothy was the mastermind. She said that life would just be easier without Bobby in it. Uh, Their original plan was to plant illegal drugs on Bobby and have him arrested. They had asked Al Clark to get cocaine, but he had ended up chickening out at the last minute. So with that plan down the drain, they devised a new plan to have Michael kill Bobby. And I bet you're wondering, why on earth would Michael kill Bobby just because Patricia and Dorothy asked? Well, because the thing is, is that when uh, Bobby left back in November, it's because he had caught Patricia and Michael in a hotel room having an affair. Oh, it's getting spicy. So... Yeah. So essentially, uh, Patricia told Michael that Bobby was horrible to her. He beat her. He raped her regularly. Um, She just essentially painted this like horrible picture of who Bobby was as a person and told Michael that she needed him to save her. Okay. So the police are like, you know what? This story is actually very believable. We believe this guy. Um, And also, it seems like maybe Patricia is extremely manipulative because there's absolutely no evidence to indicate that Bobby was abusive in any way, shape, or form. Um, They're like, you know, if it was this level, the level of abuse that she told Michael, there would be witnesses that would say, like, they would have said, like, I'm glad Bobby's daddy beat the shit out of her or whatnot. Like, they were like, multiple people in her life would have noticed the abuse. And even if they didn't notice the abuse, um, the amount of abuse that she is communicating there should have been police reports on like domestic disturbances uh cps could have gotten involved like essentially she just was making it out like she was being severely severely abused to a point where like it wouldn't have been able to be hidden okay so they're like you know yeah this makes sense so michael tells them their initial plan was that they were going to drive the suburban off the bridge into the swamp okay with bobby's body inside But the issue is, is that these two men, Michael and Willie, didn't think to check the gas gauge. So Michael's blazer ran out of gas in the middle of trying to dump a dead body. Dumb criminals. Yeah. They could have made that episode. Yeah, 100%. So they had to then um, dump Bobby's body 
And then they had to use Bobby's blazer to go get gas for Michael's car. And then they had to dish Bobby's SUV. I assume they just didn't want to drive around with a dead body in the back of it. Because, I mean, even with it running out of gas, they still could have went and got the gas, put it in the blazer, and then drove Bobby's Suburban off the bridge. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. I'm assuming they just didn't want to drive around with a dead body. That probably would be more likely for them to be caught. I would agree, but, I mean, it doesn't really seem like anyone was going to catch them, so. I mean, they did eventually. Thankfully, that teacher called and made her son tell him what happened. Had it not been for her. Right. I don't know. I don't know that they would have figured it out. Yeah, probably not. So, anyway, with all of this new information, detectives believe that they know what has happened to Bobby. Uh, But the issue is, is that they don't have enough on Dorothy and Patricia to make an arrest. And they can't get a warrant. Like the judge tells them, you don't have enough here. You've got, you've got to get more information before I can issue a warrant for the arrest. So they need someone else who can confirm Michael's story. So that's when they talk to Linda and Al. You remember them. Right. Uh, but they're obviously not going to budge. It's their family. So they're not going to give them anything. So that's when they come up with this idea to do a drug bust on Linda and Al because, you know, they're drug users. We already know that from their past. Um, so they come in and they seize... Enough cocaine that Linda would get 10 to 15 years in prison. Oh, wow. That must be a lot of cocaine. Yeah. So at this point, they're like, hey, is there anything you want to tell us about the disappearance of Bobby Sexton? And she's like, you want me, you know, you want me to rat on my own family? And they're like, "Um, yeah, that's essentially what we want. Like, we have enough cocaine here. You could get 10 to 15 years. So she squeals like a pig, of course. And she tells them that she had heard her mother, you know, coming up with these plans. And she'd heard Patricia coming up with these plans to murder Bobby to get him out of the picture. Um, And so from that point, they're able to arrest Dorothy and Patricia and Patricia's like, no, I had nothing to do with this. She remains. She continues to claim her innocence through the entire trial. Does she say it was her grandmother? Or she just doesn't really say who. I mean, it just seems like it doesn't really say who she really blamed at this point. It just says like she, Claimed her innocence through the entire trial, says she had nothing to do with it. But the thing is, is that Linda Gale actually takes the stand against her own daughter. And that speaks volume to the jury, obviously, that, like, her mother would go on the stand and testify that her daughter killed her husband. Right. Um, So with that, they do end up finding Patricia guilty of murder, and they sentence her to life in prison. I mean, I get that, but, like, also... Her mom kind of sucks, so she's just trying to, like, help herself. I agree with that. I don't really feel like her testimony is really that helpful. Well, that is what really sunk it in for the jury. This is why I can't be on a jury. Apparently. <laughs> well, I mean, I definitely think that she was involved. Oh, I mean, I thought that from the beginning, but I'm just saying. There's not really a lot of evidence that she's involved. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. There's not, like, a lot of solid evidence, really. But there's not really a lot of solid evidence at all. This is also 1998, though. So, like, what kind of solid evidence was there going to be? I don't know. Now, there was evidence, which I did not put this in here, and I apologize. So, there was evidence that on the night of Bobby's murder, um, that the time frame that Willie gave, like, that Michael would have shot Bobby... The phone in the shop rang. So they are saying that Patricia called the shop and said, I heard, like, you know, oh, I heard the gunshot. Is he dead? Uh, yeah. And Michael also did say that at that point she came out to confirm that he was dead. Like, she came out and saw his body. So, I mean, essentially, it's really all going off of Michael's testimony, though, really. Right. Who's on the hook for murder Which, and he's trying to get off. I mean, yeah. I agree. But there was that phone call. So that phone call did come from her. Um, So she did at least know he was dead. Right. Whether she planned the whole thing or not, she definitely knew that he was involved in the murder. Like, she knew her husband was dead. She called the shop. Right. And she didn't even, like, try to, like, explain that away. Like, she could have even told the detectives. I mean, I don't know. She probably should have just played it smarter. If she actually wanted to get away with it. Like, she probably should have called the police when she heard the gunshot. Right. 
Because this was 1998. So, like, what was Michael going to do? Like, Michael was going to get gonna get caught red-handed with a dead body. And he's going to be like, oh, well, my girlfriend Patricia asked me to do it. And then Patricia would have been like, oh, my God, my lover murdered my husband. And, you know, at that point, she could have, if she would have called the police and, like, just completely turned on Michael, she would have probably been fine. Yeah. But that's probably not what she wanted. She wanted them both to get away with it. Yeah, I guess. Even still, though, like even I mean, no, it's not that bad, I guess. At that point, she was 22 and Michael was 29. But that's still, uh, you know, a seven year age. It's not as bad as 16. She just liked the older men, I guess. I guess so. But whatever. Nonetheless, she got life in prison. She's still in prison. Uh, Dorothy Bingham is also found guilty. And she is sentenced to 35 years. Um, but she actually won her, uh, appeal and she got out after four. So I think it said she was released from prison. I think they said 2003. Um, and they said that it was a, she appealed because they said there wasn't enough evidence and she won. Yeah. I mean, doesn't really sound like there's enough evidence. No. Uh, Michael Fielding accepted a plea deal and he was sentenced to 35 years as well. Okay. And Willie Wright, um, he, I don't know if it said what he was actually sentenced to. He wasn't charged. He was charged with, I think, like evidence tampering because he helped move the body. Right. Uh, But it didn't actually matter because Willie Wright at this point had um, like very aggressive cancer. He actually died before his trial. So they weren't really super concerned with like trying to like book him with a huge prison sentence. Right. Because it wouldn't have mattered anyways. So, yeah, essentially that's what happened. And I, I, you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, Bobby's parents got custody of the girls, of Good. their three daughters. Yeah, pretty crazy. Because, I mean, it doesn't really sound like they had a lot of evidence on anyone. I mean, other than, like, no, I would agree. Willie and Michael, like, turning on each other. Right. So there's a little evidence there. I mean, I guess but... I could say, like... I mean, those two I definitely can see. Like, there's enough evidence there, I would say, because they both admitted. I mean, they both admitted to right. it. But, like, Patricia and Dorothy, like, never admitted to it. And Willie never mentioned Patricia at all. Right. The only one who mentioned her was Michael. And then, yeah, like you said, like, Linda Gale, Patricia's mother, but... I don't feel like her a... testimony is reliable at all. No, I would agree, but... They thought that it was uh, reliable enough that they were willing to um, take it on the stand. Yeah, pretty crazy. It's kind of crazy that, like, the defense didn't, like, attack her character. Right. It didn't really cover a lot on the trial, though, so I'm not really sure. And honestly, if you look it up, there's really not a lot on it. Like, I found, um, like, the state versus Sexton, like, where the state, like, prosecuted her. Like, I found court records. But other than that, there's not really a lot. Hmm. Like, when you search it, when you search for his murder, not a lot comes up. When you search her, not a lot comes up. Like, I don't know. Interesting. Not a lot on it. It does make me wonder, though, also, like, I'm not saying that Bobby for sure, like, abused her. But, like, that was a big age gap. Yeah. Definitely, I feel like some groom in there. Oh, definitely. Like, and the fact that, like, nobody in her life cared enough to have an issue with it. Like, how sad is that? Yeah. Like, not even her grandparents who raised her. Right. And, like, she was 16 years old. Like, he, they had three children together by the time she was 20. Yeah, that's not okay. And, yeah, and then here she is, you know, like, she kills him and goes to prison for life. I mean, I'm not making excuses for her, but maybe I am a little bit. Maybe I'm turning into you. <laughs> I don't make excuses for people. Thank you very much. You make excuses for murderers all the time. You're like, well, I mean, he was just such a sweet little old man. I just like to see the good in everybody. Yeah, I don't know. It just makes me wonder if maybe there is some, like... Some truth. To validity that. in her claims right like they said there's no evidence but i mean maybe he was just really good at hiding it i mean maybe 
chair's really crinkling a lot. Yeah, here. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. Yeah, the like I said, 16 years. It'd be different if, like, they met when she was 21 and he was 37. But, like, mm-hmm. they met when she was 15 or 16 and he was... Twice 31. her age. Right? That's gross. Twice her age. Yeah. Twice her he age. He could be her like, father. That's what gets me. Right. That's what got me, though, is, like, the twice her age. I don't know. Like, when it was like, yeah, he was, like, 32 and she was 16, and I was like, oh. Right. I don't know. Right, because still, I mean, you know, I'm a little judgy, I guess. Like, 22 and 38, yeah, that sounds gross to me. I agree. But it's even worse. But it's not illegal. No, I mean, but it would be okay. I mean, you know, different strikes for different folks. If that's what you want to do, cool. But 16 and 31? No. Not okay. Right. Or 32. Whatever. I agree. Yeah, so I'm thinking there probably might be some claims to her abuse allegations. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, everyone said, even, like, the detective said, like, that... Bobby seemed like a great father. He, when he was, like, on his disability or whatever, Patricia worked and, like, he stayed home with the kids. Yeah. And when, and also, I guess I have issues with the abuse claims because, like, when he found out that she was cheating on him with Michael, if he was abusive, he would have beat the shit out of her. And he didn't. He packed up and left. I mean, but maybe he wasn't, I mean, I know she said that he was, like, physically abusive, but maybe he wasn't physically abusive. Maybe it was, like, emotionally abusive. Even if he was emotionally abusive, though, I don't think that he would have left. Emotionally abusive people do not give up that easily. Any, I don't feel like any abusive people give up that easily. Yeah. Like, especially once he found out that she was having an affair. I don't I don't see an abusive person packing up and leaving. I mean, but maybe it was like a power play. Maybe he was just leaving. So she would need him to come back. I think a power play would have been to kick her out, though. But I don't know. I guess he couldn't kick her out with her grandparents' house. So I don't know. Right. I mean, I guess it could, yeah, it could have been a power play. I could see that, taking the kids from her. Right. Leaving, taking the kids. And like she said. Ruined her whole life. That she was devastated. You know, like it, it said, like she was devastated when he took the kids and that that was her main goal was just to get the kids back. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, not that that gave her an excuse to play. kill him, but. I guess it could have been a power play, but uh, they also interviewed Bobby's mom. And Bobby's mom had said that when. Patricia called and, like, wanted to reconcile with him that she told Bobby, don't go back. She was like, do not go back. They're going to kill you. And he said, at least I'll be in a better place. So, I don't know. I mean, it kind of seems like he knew something bad was going to happen and he didn't care. Yeah. Well, maybe. I don't know. It doesn't strike me as abuse to me, but I'm not a professional. So, if we got any professionals, any uh, psychiatrist or therapist or whatever... Let us let me know what you think. That's what I want to know. Yeah, I don't know. I always say this. None of you ever reach out and tell me what you think, so. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm like, reach out. Let me know what you think. Chirp, 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 chirp. Nothing. Radio silence. Well, maybe someday you'll say it and it'll work and someone will reach out. Maybe. I don't know. It just doesn't to me. Like I said, it doesn't to me think. It doesn't, to me, come across as abuse. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I can see the power play thing, though. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Nonetheless, I don't see anything in this case that makes me think, like, Bobby deserved to die. Oh, definitely not. And, like, here's the thing, too, is, like, okay, she's mad he took the kids, so she's like, oh, come back. Or even if it was a power player, regardless of which one of them was in the wrong, all they had to do was take that to court. Like, no judge was going to keep either of them from the kids. Right. They both seemed like fine parents. Right. Like, there was nothing wrong with their parenting. So there was just no need for murder. And, like, even if it was a power play, like, even if she was like, well, he's not going to let me see the kids for X amount of time – all she had to do was go to court and they would have come up with a custody agreement for either joint custody or her having custody and him having him on the weekends. I mean, they weren't going to like not let her see her kids. I understand that it may have like been time in between, but they would have let her see them. Yeah, eventually. 
which I don't know. I can't really say. I've never been in that situation. If somebody kept me from my kids, I might kill them too. <laughs> I mean, I might. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know until you're there. No, I actually probably would just go file an emergency custody order with the freaking court. Yeah, but probably not everyone knows that you can do that. I guess, but that's what I would do. I would be like, my husband punched me in the face, and I would punch my own self in the face, and then I would get emergency custody. <laughs> okay, well, good to know. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's not going to happen. I don't need emergency custody of my kids. But I don't know. The whole thing was crazy to me. I thought it was real crazy. It's a good show, though. Even Jacob was, like, real wrapped up in it. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yep, Swamp Murders was good all of them take place in a swamp did you watch it on like the Roku yeah, it was funny. channel or like the id app yeah i have no i have a uh, discovery plus i pay for discovery plus you have what i'm having a really hard time hearing you i have um discovery plus oh, okay through the roku channel so if you get discovery plus just for anyone that cares if you're still here listening um if you pay for discovery plus like through the discovery plus website or whatever i think it's 5.99 a month mm-hmm. If you have a Roku, the Roku channel has a Discovery Plus add-on, and it's only like $4.99 a month, and it also is twice as long of a free trial. Oh, interesting. So it's like a dollar less a month, and then I also think it was either 60 or 90 days free instead of 30. So what I actually did is I signed up for the 30-day trial with the Discovery Plus, and then I canceled before it charged me, and then I signed up with the Roku. So I actually got an even longer trial. Makes sense. I didn't intentionally do that, though. I was not aware you could get the Discovery Plus through the Roku channel. Right. Until I did that. Yeah, I didn't so know that. that's how I watch all of my, that's how I watch all of my ID shows, is through Discovery Plus through the Roku channel. Makes sense. So, I can't give you the login because it's on your Roku. Because what? It's on my Roku. I don't think you can log in on other Roku. Oh, probably not. Because it's the Roku channel. And also, password sharing is a no-no. Oh, Okay. That's what Netflix says. Yeah, well, I don't care what Netflix has to say. Well, that's what they say. They say that if you're sharing passwords, they're going to charge you. So. Yeah, well, they also, you know, tweeted, supposedly. I'm aware. That sharing passwords yeah, is did. love. Or whatever. Yes, they did. They did share that. And that was years ago. I don't know if that was like a real tweet or if someone like made it. Uh, no, I think it was a real tweet. Yep, I don't know. Well, either way, I'll have to get my own ID. Yeah, so if you Google Swamp Murders, it comes up and it says, Swamp Murders, murders with a side of homemade biscuits and gravy. That's how ID describes this series. Thank you, Southern Sierra. Wanted to re- it was trying to restart my computer on me. Jacob's stupid computer. Um, you're welcome. Uh, anyway, it says, though, I wasn't done. Um... That's how ID describes the series of salacious stories that give further meaning to things that go south. So, Each episode provides the details of a murder committed by the least expected, families with respected reputations, and people with long-standing values to uphold. I would just like to make it clear. I don't know that anybody in that story was a respected reputation or long-standing values. Anybody in what? in that particular case was like respected reputations and longstanding values. I was expecting it to be like mayors and like right. lawyers, right. like, like the Murdaugh, the Murdaugh murders. Right. But, well, maybe that um, would and be then it says, that's like that. And then it says involves a victim left to rot in a marshy waters of a bog, bayou, river, or lake. Hmm. So. Interesting. Thank you, Southern Sierra for your description. <clears throat> You're so welcome. But yeah, that's what it says. I thought it was funny. Murder with the side of homemade biscuits and gravy. That sounds gross. Yeah, kind of lame. I love biscuits and gravy. I don't want murder with them. I'd prefer murderless biscuits and gravy, please. I don't blame you. I don't. I think that would um, taint my biscuits and gravy. Speaking of biscuits and gravy, how do you make white gravy? What do you mean? For biscuits and gravy. When you make it, how do you make it? Um... <coughs> Well, I'm not a good cook, so I buy a packet. Use a packet? Okay. 
You're no help. So the other day, Sterling and Jacob made breakfast for us on Sunday, mm-hmm. right? Super sweet. But I never want to hear Jacob complain about us leaving the kitchen a mess ever again because they destroyed my kitchen and they did not clean up a single thing and they dirtied every pot in my house. Yeah, I bet. So I was telling mom about it and I was like, yeah, those boys cook breakfast, which I'm really thankful for. But man, did they make a mess. And I was like um, talking about the pots and pans they used. And I said, like, for instance, they used like a pan for the bacon, a pot for the gravy. Um, They used uh, my skillet to make French toast. Like they just used a lot. I said they could have cut one of those pots out by cooking the bacon and then using the bacon grease to make the gravy. Yeah. And mom was like, no, I do not agree. 100% that's how I make my gravy every single time. I mean – I have made it from scratch a couple times, and, like, you use your sausage grease. So I feel like the bacon grease would be the same thing. Exactly. Yeah, so, like, I don't always put sausage in it. Sometimes I just use – sometimes I just make it with, like, a roux with butter and flour if I don't have – like, if I'm not making any meat. Well, I don't make it without sausage. I do because Jacob doesn't really like sausage. He likes bacon. Yeah, no. But I could see using bacon gravy. Like making bacon gravy instead of sausage gravy. But maybe she's talking about a packet because I don't use a packet. I make it homemade. Right. I normally use a packet because it's easier. But um, I have made it homemade. And yeah, I use the sausage grease to do my roux. I don't agree that a packet's really easier. Homemade gravy is very easy to make. Like white gravy. Southern white gravy is very easy to make. It's literally just a fat flour and a liquid. Yeah. So it's very easy to make. And pepper. Yeah, but then you got to like, you got to put milk in it, then you got to taste it, then you got to put more flour, then you got to taste it, then you got to put more milk, then you got to taste it. Oh my gosh. I don't have it perfected, so it takes me a long time to get my ratios right. No, it doesn't take me that long. The packet, dump, 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 swirl, 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 done. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't have a hard time with it. I make it pretty easily. Well, you also make it more regularly than I do. Well, yeah, because my husband's a southern boy who loves biscuits and gravy. I've probably made biscuits and gravy like three times, four times. You're lucky because your husband and you are both implants who were like raised, born and raised in the south, but like raised by northern parents. Right. So like you guys do enjoy some southern foods, but he's not like, Jacob is a full-blown southern. Right, yeah. No, Tyler's not. And Tyler doesn't like southern man. breakfast. So he... So. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying in general, I don't just make white gravy for breakfast, though. Like, we make, like, chicken fried chicken Uh-oh. and uh, cube steak. And, like, Jacob loves white gravy on everything. Mashed potatoes, fried steak, fried chicken. Right. Gravy, biscuits. Like, he very much – I don't just make it for breakfast. I make it for dinner as well. Oh, yeah. I made fried chicken probably last week. I made chicken fried chicken. And I used – I made white gravy to go on it. Every time I make cube steak, I lightly I lightly batter it and fry it up, and I put gravy on it. I did not know you have ever made so. cube steak before, so I'm pretty impressed with that. Um, I make cube steak for Jacob, even though uh, I hate cube steak. Right. Like, with a passion. It makes me gag. I hate cube steak. I know you do. That's why I'm yes, surprised. Yes, I do make it. Yeah, I make it for Jacob. I mean, I don't make it often, but I have made it <laughs> in the past, and I mean, more often I would, than I would like to. Interesting. Okay, anyways, no one cares about our gravy making. (laughs) Everyone cares. Why do you act like they don't like us? (laughs) Ashley, we're not that, like, our storytelling is not that interesting. They're here because they like us. Okay, but they don't care about listening to us talk about gravy for 12 minutes. We've talked about gravy for a long time. (laughs) I think they do. All right, well, guys, thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, It's currently 11.16 p.m. I'm going to get off here. I'm going to edit, and I'm going to get this episode out on time. You say that. No, I'm going to. I think I finally got editing on this freaking garbage Windows computer down. Okay. I think. As long as you... Well, no, you can send me it as a... I figured out how to transfer, transition it from a iCloud download to a normal one, so you can send it to me however. Okay. Well, I just... I don't really know how to d- send it to you other than the iCloud drop. It's fine. Just send it how you normally send it, and I figured out how to... I figured out how to turn the iCloud download into a google drive download so it's fine okay all right so stop recording now just involves some oh we gotta say bye some working no we gotta say bye we gotta say bye we gotta say bye guys okay bye guys thanks for tuning in oh okay i was saying bye and then i wanted you to say bye i already said bye so this is just awkward all right hey everyone if you like what you heard and you want to support a small podcast please give us money at
www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked where you can join one of our four amazing tiers starting at just a measly three dollars a month that's literally 10 cents a day you can join the slightly wicked after that we've got the moderately wicked for just five dollars a month followed by the awesomely wicked for seven dollars a month and for those high rollers big ballers we have the extraordinarily good so head on over check it out if you like what you see join it up if subscriptions aren't your jam head on over to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash wdow where you can give us a one-time donation to buy us a coffee or you know like podcasting equipment which would probably be a better use of our money feel free to give us a follow on instagram at weekly underscore dose underscore of underscore wicked or you can just search weekly dose of wicked and we'll pop up because we're the only ones or you can give us a like on facebook at facebook.com slash weekly dose of wicked Or, you know what, you could just do both, because that would be better for us. For a direct feed of our podcast, please go to www.weeklydoseofwicked.buzzsprout.com. Great news, guys. We've made it big time, and you can now listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yep, yep. Even Pandora. They finally let us in. Make sure to come back next Wednesday for your Weekly Weekly Dose Dose of Wicked. Wicked. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.